you're listening to The Ryback Show. Be me. Welcome to the Ryback Show Live. I am the big guy, Ryback. What a morning. I'm an hour late, and I apologize. We're going to talk about everything going on today. And uh, But up first, do uh, plugs up front, guys, on this format of the show. And then we could just talk news, what's going on in the week, life, health and fitness, everything. I am here for you guys to be able to uh, have direct communication with. And uh, welcome to everybody joining me live on the show at Ryback TV and Ryback Rules on Twitch. This podcast is being brought to you by Feed Me More Nutrition. Feed Me More Nutrition available on feedmemore.com and Amazon. Check out our $4,000 cash Halloween giveaway we are doing right now, guys. Contest ends Friday, October 30th at midnight Pacific. All you got to do is go to feedmemore.com. Use the code Halloween4000. You get 20% off your orders, as well as an option for a free premium shaker bottle and workout towel. And each purchase is an automatic entry into the contest, guys. And on Halloween, on Saturday, on Halloween afternoon, I am giving one of you $4,000 for buying the best supplements on the planet. On the planets. <laughs> the planet. And I'm all over the place this morning. Excuse me. I've been rushing, which we're going to talk about with everything. But guys, no artificial sweeteners, no artificial colors and uh, kick-ass supplements that uh, I think you guys are really, really, really going to enjoy. Fuel Meals, personal meal prep service I've been with for many years. Steak, chicken, no matter what your diet is, they have something for everybody. They track your macros for you. They make eating healthy, affordable, and convenient. Guys, you can save 15% at fuelmeals.com with discount code THEBIGGUY. For personal videos from yours truly, go to cameo.com slash TheBigGuyRyback. And WWE and the greedy Vince McMahon does not get a cut of anything because I own it all. Teesprings for the official merch store for Feed Me More Nutrition and for the big guy Ryback. Go to Teespring, guys. Type in the Feed Me More store. We got a lot of new designs coming. We got a cool Halloween Feed Me More shirt coming as well as I'm getting a phone call here. And I'm going to answer this live, guys, because I'm waiting. There's some stuff going on with Sophie. Hello. All right. That's not concerning Sophie. So uh, bear with me, guys, as we do a live show. There's going to be a lot. Sophie uh, had to go in for surgery today. We're going to talk all about that here uh, coming up. Uh, my book, Wake Up, It's Feeding Time, available on Amazon and paperback, audible, and Kindle formats. Uh, shout out to friends of the show, people I've worked with in the past, Zevia, zero-calorie soda sweetened with stevia, guys. No artificial colors or sweeteners, the farmer's dog, real dog food for dogs. Sophie and little guy have been on this since the beginning of the year. It's made a dramatic difference in their energy levels. And with Sophie, she went the longest without a ruptured disc that we've had since this whole process started about two years and seven months ago. And then True Panion, uh, pet insurance guys. And uh, they have uh, helped me with Sophie tremendously. I've worked with them on multiple projects. And uh, I can't say thank you enough to them. They've uh, her her procedures. We're, we're talking in the uh, 
would have it's been it would have been over a hundred thousand dollars already now with everything and uh luckily they have paid uh a big chunk of all of that and uh if you have pets and you love them guys and not even if you don't go true pandy and look into pet insurance it's a small investment that's very worth it um for situations that where where life happens it's uh it's really good to have in place and follow me on social media guys i'm at ryback on twitter the big guy ryback 22 on instagram and tiktok also on Instagram, The Ryback Show, Feed Me More Nutrition, Ryback TV. I am Ryback247 on Snapchat. And then here on Twitch, Ryback Rules and Ryback TV on YouTube. All right. We got the plugs out of the way. Now we can talk, guys. Have just a enjoyable little live show here. So I woke up today, and Sophie, as you guys know, ruptured her eighth disc uh, in two years and seven month, months, a little bit over two and a half years. So a lot, of, a lot of stuff has happened with that. And she has severe disc disease. And it's really, really unfortunate. She's the toughest little dog. She's recovered so great after all of them. Her last one in her back, which was the last one in the back that was prone to go, um, she didn't need surgery for. She recovered really, really quickly, which was really promising. Unfortunately, a uh, week and a half ago on a Friday, she went into a huge sneezing fit, which uh, I've only ever seen her do one other time, actually. Uh, and we had to give her a Benadryl to get her to calm down. Uh, unfortunately, it ruptured a disc in her neck and I had to take her in. It's been back and forth. We wanted to avoid surgery because they got to go through the front of the throat here. So uh, we put her on the pain medications. She was responding well uh, and clearly a lot of pain, not herself, very sad, very depressed. Uh, she'll be five here coming up on Halloween. And uh, I knew this one was just different than the other ones on, on how it was impacting her mentally. And when you spend a lot of time around a dog like I have, especially since my injuries, you get to know them really well. And I could just tell she wasn't right and then today i woke up early she uh tried to stand up out of bed which normally when she's fine she's super excited in the morning she stands up she'll give me kisses that hasn't happened since she ruptured a disc in her neck i gotta usually help pick her up in bed and then she could sometimes walk if she's feeling good uh other times i gotta pick her up out of bed and set her on the floor and then she's able to walk well today she couldn't get up and then I tried to put her on the floor and her front leg starting giving out, which was, I was told the moment that starts happening here, like got to get her in for surgery. And I'm in quite the predicament because the, there's only one specialty center here in Vegas. And the doctor who is Sophie's main doctor, who's the best one there is going to be gone for a week after today. So it truly it was, you know, I look at this and it sucks, but it's also a blessing. This didn't happen tomorrow because she would have had to probably wait a week to get the surgery, which sucks. And we've just been in such pain and like pain meds, they stopped working. She was shaking really, really bad this morning um, because the rupture of the disc, it's it, it, it's on her, it's comp compacting her spinal cord. So, but we thought with the prednisone and the pain uh, medication and the muscle relaxer that that was usually it's a 50-50 rate on dogs not needing the surgery on that. And unfortunately it just, that's it's not in the cards on this. So. I had to get it right up, and I, I took her right in across town. She got admitted. She's checked in. Uh, that was at 7-something in the morning. I got dropped her off there right around 8. 
and uh, they're going to be calling me to let me know when her surgery uh, it's happening today. So I've uh, been a little all over the place. I'm behind for the day. Uh, I said, you know what? I the best thing you could do when things are uh, not always ideal is just to keep moving. And uh, I know she's going to be all right. She's been all right on all of them, but uh, it sucks. And you know, if you have a pet and you love them, and I'm grateful for every day that I have with my dogs, but she's so young and it's just one of those uh, little decaf coffee here. Oh, stressful situations <laughs> because you, you don't want to ever see anything you love in pain. And, uh, but I tell you, she, she, she came up to me today and I knew she peed on my, my rug in the bathroom. She couldn't hold it. She's had the medicine makes her pee a lot. She knows to go on a rug because she knows I could throw that in the washer. She's a smart little girl. And, uh, she came over and just stood by me and put her head on my leg. And I was like, we're going. And uh, I brushed my teeth real quick and I, uh, picked her up and I got her loaded up in the, in the truck, got a little blanket in the back for, and, uh, we got her, we got her there safely. So if I have to take a call during this, I'll do it live. And, uh, cause I just want to make sure they, they always call to let you know when they're going to put her under for anesthesia. And then, uh, she already had the MRI last time. So this was the, I got her right in and, uh, they've been great. I, I, I and there's been some issues with the specialty center, but it's not anything there. It's overwhelmed because there's only, one specialty center in all of Las Vegas, which is a major issue. And luckily there's people there that know me from wrestling. There's people there that know me from being there eight times with Sophie. They luckily everybody loves Sophie or really hard not to once you meet her or just look at her little Frenchy face. She's such a sweet, loving dog. So it's, uh, and she knows how to milk it too. She knows how to, uh, she likes to be hand fed when she's hurt. She likes her water bowl held up to her. She sometimes needs a spoon to drink out of. She's, uh, she's fine. She's okay. But when she's hurt, she likes to really milk it. So that's what's going on with me this morning, guys. Uh, you know, it's life and we all, we all deal with life and, uh, all we could do is do our best to overcome adversity and to do our best to stay positive and to keep moving. And uh, the worst thing for me is to sit still. I, I've never had anything accomplished from sitting still. So I got to keep moving, you know, especially when you're busy and you got a lot of stuff. But uh, I'm optimistic and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pulling for my little baby. I'll keep all of you updated on here. And I hope to have her home later this week after the next surgery. I don't know what day she'll be able to come home. It all just kind of depends uh, on how she recovers. But they usually like to get her home after a few days because dogs just do better at home, you know. But they treat her so good there, and they love her. They're, it's, I'm, I'm so makes me comfortable knowing I can trust them and that they, they're familiar with their situation and their history, and they just want the best. And people that work at those places, for the most part, are such dog lovers or animal lovers. And, uh, so it gives you that comfort knowing that they're, they're going to do their best to take care of them. Got to know what's going on this week, guys. Anything you guys want to talk about wrestling, health and fitness, feed me your questions. And uh, this is the, the live show guys. We're still going to have guests on this show from time to time. The live show though, Monday through Thursday is more, uh, is building relationships with you guys. Um, 
getting to know you guys on a more personal level, seeing you guys in the chat here as I do the show. I'll be pulling questions on the screen. All super chats will be answered, but I'll try to always get to your guys' questions. And uh, if there's anything of um, topic-wise you want to address, let's have at it. I'm looking to see the comments here, if I can uh, update the comments, because I'm using a different, my MacBook today. So the questions are a little harder to uh, keep up with. And uh, the Laughter Crew says, what inspired you to go in WWE? And it was, uh, I always wanted uh, to, to be a wrestler since I was younger and fell in love with it. Uh, at a very young age. Round, I watched it when I was really little and then fell off a little bit with it. And uh, and then Justin and Jimmy Belanger lived down the road from me. And they it was this was during the time Bret Hart, Undertaker, British Bulldog, Mabel. This was before King Mabel even. Then eventually during a little after King Mabel. Men on a mission though, period. I really, really fell in love with wrestling, pro wrestling there, and just became obsessed with it as far as watching it and wanting to do it. And uh, I was a, I, I won a news contest here in town when they came and performed. Uh, uh, WWE World Tour de Force, headlined by Big Daddy Cool Diesel uh, versus Bret the Hitman Hart in a steel cage, two of my favorite wrestlers. And uh, still, man, just two great guys. And uh, I got to be the guest bell ringer for who, who would later become one of my favorite trainers, Dr. Tom Pritchard. He was part of the Body Donnas versus Barry Horowitz. And I want to say maybe Hakushi, a random tag team. It was, I believe that was the match. But I know it was, it was the Body Donnas. And uh, I got an official WWF hammer. And it, and it was... Uh, it was a really, really cool, cool moment. It was after that that I go, I'm going to do this someday. And, and then I was lucky enough to do it. So I would say that was the moment that I knew I wanted to do it, being in the ring. And I remember, too, they, the ring, seeing the ring the first time in person. Because when I was a kid on TV, the ring looked enormous to me. And then when I saw it in person, I was so positive as a kid that that was not the regulation size WWF ring at the time. Uh, and I had access. I got to go to the back and meet Henry Godwin. And uh, and I got to sit ringside for that whole first match. But I kept the guy that was in charge of the live event, that was in charge at least of, of making sure everything was all right for me. I won all these tickets. I brought all my best friends, all my friends in the neighborhood, gave away a bunch of tickets. I won like 16 tickets on all the contests for everything. Like I, I knew everything at that point in time. And uh, I kept telling the guy, I go, this, is, this ring isn't regulation size. This isn't, and he, he kept like acting like he was going to the back to check. This guy's probably like this stupid kid. <laughs> this kid guy, I got to, I got to act like this is kids, this contest winner. We got to go out of our way to make sure. And he goes, Nope, this is the official ring on TV. I go, no, it's not TV. It's way bigger. It's way bigger. That's not the ring. And, uh, I was, <laughs> oh, then when you get older, then you wrestle it. Oh, it's the right ring. 20 by 20 is more than big enough. Cause I've wrestled in some small rings. I think 16 by 16 or 14 by 14, 14 by 14 might've been the smallest I did in the UK. <clears throat> Too small. 20, 20, 20 is my, my is perfect. But uh, when you're going full blown in there, that 20 by 20 gets really big, really quick. If you're not in shape, we have a super chat here 
Ryback versus Rusev, which would be Ryback versus Miro in current time. And I think that's something we will see come to fruition at some point. The super chat is by Jay Lotto. I'm sorry, I can't pull it up here because it already passed. And I'm using a MacBook that doesn't let me scroll easily on this on this current MacBook. I think I'm getting, I switched out my other laptop in here for this show because this is a better quality uh, iPad, essentially MacBook, whatever you call it. Um, and the question disappeared. That is not good. Hopefully that pops back up because I, I will get to that. I did not see the question. I apologize. Uh, fans think WWE, let's see. Fans think WWE really sucks from the last couple of years. Do you agree on this? And look, guys, and as much as I always speak the truth on what goes on with WWE, because you have to, and the talent there, more people need to start speaking up for things to change. Um, but I, and I don't do it with, it, it's to raise awareness more than anything. Um, yeah, there are a lot of things with the product that, that can be better. They do have an extremely tough job, though, uh, with the amount of, of talent they have and the amount of product that they have to fill. It is not an easy task. Uh, but you got to – the business model needs to change, and I've talked about this time and time again. And it's not my company. It's not my business. That's why I was okay leaving and starting my own life and my own business that I can control – because um, Vince McMahon has every right to run that business how he wants to run it. I think, unfortunately, for wrestlers and wrestling fans, when you sh when you shift the business model to making the brand as big as possible and not letting the talent become too big or popular and trying to control that, that you sacrifice a lot with the wrestlers creatively and from a happiness standpoint, uh, and you change the business model uh, to something that it never was, where... The guys, and I got actually another thing on my screen here, the Feed Me More Nutrition logo and the, I'm going to pull that off real quick, guys. Give me one second. These live shows, let's pull that off. There we go. We're back. I didn't like the way that looked. When you change the business model, though, unfortunately, it, it doesn't work for anybody except for Vince. And he's making money on the back end. Talent aren't making nowhere what they should be making. They never have. And it's a real issue. It's a, it's a real issue. Um, and I'm not just speaking from my experience. I'm speaking from everyone that I know there. And knowing, uh, you know, different amounts of what people make based off the revenue. Because you got to understand, without wrestlers, Vince McMahon doesn't exist. Wrestlers exist without Vince McMahon. There's always going to be wrestling promotions. There, there would have been, been a bigger one at this point. Than, than him had he not been. But, you know, you got to give him credit business-wise, but you're dealing with human lives. And it's, uh, I just think things, uh, I think they need to alter the business model. And I think that will create a better television product. And um, because rather than having meetings and trying to find ways to stop guys from getting over, the, the meetings change to how can we get every person on this roster as over as possible. And then the way that you do that is you hold a meeting and you explain to talent the guidelines of with sponsors and staying within the the lines of a of a product of a PG product of not going overboard on on things, but allowing talent to go out there and get over on their own. And whoever does, you run with. That was always the secret formula to pro wrestling, and that was what made fans invested in the product because they know they're watching a scripted entertainment uh, wrestling match. But 
when they see things that are organically happening, people have energy and you start getting behind a talent and you see a talent then start to become a star in front of your eyes and that formula taking place, it's a really, really magical thing happening that pro wrestling has control over and they've gone out of their way to destruct uh, time and time again with, with many, many, not just myself, but many talents. Uh, and that's why we are at the point that we are at with the product. Now, I do think AEW, I think they're going to change a lot of things. And I think that I've talked about this on my show before. I think the biggest stars in pro wrestling moving forward out of AEW, unless WWE shifts their business model back and let, let's, let it be, lets it be a free-for-all of talent getting over. Uh, good question, The Viper. What do you think of your haters? And let me go ahead and hide that. Everyone has them, guys. And, and it's I tell people the reason why I put out so much content now is I understand why there's a small group of people out there with massive hate towards me, which, by the way, those same people, same people have massive hate towards a lot of people. We all deal with it. The, everybody in the world deals with it at different levels. And unfortunately, the more success that you have or the more visible you are, the more well-known you become, you increase the amount of love you get because people like you for certain reasons. And then you also get people that hate you for certain reasons. I try to never take it personal because I've seen anybody who's hate, hated me for something factual. A lot of it is stuff they read online on negative written articles or things that are taken out of context that aren't true. And they don't know me personally. So then they, but whatever's going on in their lives, I always say hurt people hurt people. Now, if you see something you don't like, now, oftentimes if I see someone I don't like or see something I, I don't like, I just don't follow it. I don't, I don't take my time to spread negativity and hate. And there's a large portion of people that don't understand that when they're doing that, they're hurting themselves, but they're also hurting the other people oftentimes if the person isn't able to process it appropriately, which I learned to do really quickly a long time ago. Now, is there times when I read something and I still, man, man, that sucks. Yeah, but it just block, you move on. And I respond with loving with it as much as I can. I try not to, man, the last thing you want to do, your day ruined and let somebody ruin your day. You know what I mean? And the way you do by living in the real world Focusing on the things that make you happy. The haters never bring you down because it's always there. So what do I do? I just keep putting out my content and keep working so that, too, I form real connections with my fans and followers so that I see a negative article. You go, that's not that's not the guy I listen to and know. That's not true. I heard that episode. He didn't. That wasn't what he was talking about. And you guys will be, see what we are talking about. We're like people say fake news and fake media. Watch the movie Social Dilemma on Netflix. It will raise your awareness to what is going on with our phones and people spreading lies for profit. And the only way you, like, and I used to ignore it for the longest time, and it was actually the biggest mistake, not acknowledging it and not putting out content during the time when I was really, really hurt, because then you'll have a portion of people that will just assume it's true. Or they'll see so many negative things, which a company like WWE, I told you I had to get attorneys to have a lot taken down, they continue to pump out negative, all these negative things when I left, or they've done it with other people. So then people go, where, where, there, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? You'll go, if they're writing this many negative things about the guy, he can't be that good. Has to be, that man, he has to be an asshole. 
Why would these people? But when you understand what is going on and that these articles are getting clicks, and there's ads on these things and they're making all this money and all they're doing is they're trying to post the things that are going to get the most clicks. And usually it's posting about people that get clicks and then putting negative stuff with it and putting it in negative context to try to get you to form an opinion before you even click. And there's always two ways to write an article. You can write an article with a positive headline or a negative headline. Unfortunately, the negative headlines get more clicks and these people know that and that all they're caring about is the amount of money. They don't care about the people or the brands they damage. So you can either sit there and let it happen or you put out massive content. You help people, you be the person that you are. And then the people that know you realize that these people are just hating. These people don't know, don't know the big guy Ryback. That's this guy. This guy is talking to people, helping people all day, putting out positivity and love. That's not what he meant by that. Why are they doing? And then you'll see, you, you start tuning it out. But unfortunately, we have people growing up now, young people that don't know what's going on. They don't, they don't have the life experience. They didn't see the way it used to be. So they just see everything and just automatically assume. So that's why, again, put out content, be who I am and never let anything get me too down. We're going to go here to a super chat by Jay Lotto. Reaction to old matches promos. Good idea or no. A reaction to old matches promos. I'm assuming you want to see my reaction to, to old matches and promos. Uh, I would have to have a way to do that, which is I'm pretty sure is pretty easy here. Uh, man, I, I'm more prone to to watch old school wrestling. Um, I, even though I like uh, – I love I – love, a lot of I love a lot of things AEW is doing. There's certain things where I I, I'm, I like more than others on there too. Uh, I'm a big fan of psychology and selling. Uh, that the basics will never get old in pro wrestling. So, uh, a lot of as far as the old promos, man, those to me they're more enjoyable because especially and this isn't counting AEW now because I feel like a lot of their stuff they're letting talent be a lot more of themselves or having the creative liberties to to work within the work within the lines uh, a bit, not just read word for word, which is what WWE does. And it, and it, it's not fun. It takes the, it takes the creativity and the fun away. You're reading lines from people that don't genuinely like it, at least for me, they didn't genuinely know me. They didn't. And, and I, and again, I'll be the first one to say my relationship with WWE was strained before I got up there as Ryback with all the ankle stuff. I was pissed off. I had a chip on my shoulder. I didn't trust Vince. I didn't trust Hunter. I didn't trust Kevin Dunn. I didn't trust any of them because of the things they, they fired me after my ankle injury, literally. And it, it, it was, and I go into detail on my book on all this <laughs> that I'm writing, but it really, really mentally changed me forever how I viewed them. And never, never once, and not that you don't, and I'm not a victim, anything, my fault, right? And I chose to work there, but there were a lot of bad things that happened. And I, and I felt like when they tried to fire me with that, I go, man, it just showed me what the wrestling business was for the first time in my life. And I changed. I grew up really quickly. And I never again, I, I learned because I would I never would have kept my job if I didn't stand up for myself when John Laurinaitis called to fire me. Give me one second, guys. We're live here. Sophie, they're calling. Hello. Hi, Dr. G. How are you? Um, getting ready to anesthetize. Okay. So we're going to start to do some surgery too. Um, and then I'll give you a call once we're out. Perfect.
perfect. Now she uh, woke up today and wasn't good. So, and she was shaking all over and it's, it's definitely the right move. Tried the medical therapy, but um, you know, like we had talked about, if there was any decline, we were going to do it. So yep. we're going to get it done. Thank you so much. Just uh, yeah, just let me know after, please. Yep, absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Geetson. You're welcome. Right, bye bye. Bye. Whew, all right. Sophie's uh, getting ready to go under soon. Uh, she will have her next surgery. So. Prayers and uh, positive thoughts for my little baby. Uh, top three favorite wrestlers that I got to work with. Man, there's so many good questions in here tonight, uh, guys. And uh, hopefully, I, I got to figure out a better way because this on this I can't scroll. Like I, so once they're gone, I can only go down. And that is going to be an issue. I probably will order a different uh, iPad for this or, or a different laptop. Unfortunately, my other one is not good. Uh, the speed, it's not the hardwired speed is not working appropriately. So this, this gives us the best connection. But I will get better at this as we go. I'm going to try to figure out a way. If they, like, it doesn't have the scroll bar on and it really, really is uh, a little difficult. My top three favorite wrestlers to work with. You know, I always, I always said uh, Seth Rollins and, and Miro Rusev were two guys I always uh, loved working live events and team, whatever we did. Easy to, to put together matches. We had good chemistry. And everyone I worked with, I felt like I had good chemistry with. Um, and I will say, you know, I'm going to put Cena on that list. John, I learned a lot from John. And personally, we have our issues and it is what it is. It's a very competitive business, and uh, he was making a lot of money in a top spot, and a guy came in and was getting better reactions than him. At the end of the day, I get it. Uh, I, I think it sucks. I would have rathered him, you know, let's make the guy that, that we have lightning in a bottle here, but it wasn't my time yet, and I've accepted that, and because my time is getting ready to come, and it's going to be way bigger than that, because, and it's going to be bigger because I'm going to actually be allowed to be myself uh, as you guys see here, and still be the same monster ride back, but with all these other added layers that I've had time to let you guys get to know through leaving. And there's, but I always loved working with John. It was so easy. And the reactions were built in because John was so over. I had gotten really over. And so when I turned and then people, it really, really, created for, I mean, uh, magical moments out there on live events and all the pay-per-views. We worked multiple pay-per-views together, which reminds you, I was the last man standing. So technically I am the uncrowned WWE champion that have, have never lost the title. Uh, but they, they, they ruled it a no contest supposedly. Uh, but he did go in away in an ambulance and I was completely fine after. So let's let that be known guys. <clears throat> The uh, but I but working with John, he was, um, you know, when you first start working with John, it's it's and this is more Nexus period. It was, well, give me three things that you do, and then everyone that's worked him will kind of give you the same kind of thing. And then there comes a point where if you John would come up to me, is what do you want to do? That's a win when you're dealing with a guy at the top spot and he trusts you enough to what do you want to do because. He sees what you're out there doing. And uh, so from a personal standpoint, we had things we butted heads on. 
Uh, but at the end of the day, I always say the two guys that I didn't get the, along with as well as everybody else uh, were the two top guys in the company in Punk and Cena. Uh, and it wasn't because of anything other than we're dealing with taking one of the top two spots. And it's just the way that it is. But it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't my time. I'm grateful for everything. I'm angry over a lot of things. I took a lot of things really personal because um, a lot of it dealt with the ankle situation and, and other things. But it is what it is. You got to, I've learned to accept that everything that happens in your life is for your favor and benefit if you choose so. And you can always shift out of a negative really hard and into a strong positive if you want. So that's what I, I did. And I did when I was there. And unfortunately, my, the injuries in, in my back and shoulder and them giving me drugs to cover it up rather than getting MRIs done and looking at what's causing the problem, we were covering it up with Band-Aids that were also causing massive destruction in my body for the two, three years that we were doing it. Um, and I walked away at the perfect time. But those three guys, I always enjoyed working. And guys, everyone, Big Show, Mark Henry, Kane, working the big guys was always harder on me physically and picking those guys up all the time. But they're such professionals. And they're all so over in their own way. Big Show, man. Big Show, I could wrestle every night. Big Show, so, so goddamn good. He knows, and he, but he knows too how to go out and get you over. And he, he was so hurt too on so many things. And he's had his, his, the hip surgeries. And he was always so good to me on so many levels. And uh, I always appreciated that because, and I remember too, he, he's the only guy that ever kicked out of shell shock. He, uh, when they were building him up for Randy Orton. And uh, that came, Vince, they said, he goes, I want show to kick out of your finisher. And I didn't let anyone kick out, uh, kick out of shell shock, but it, big show was so good to me uh, at different times. And I knew, uh, you know, he would do the same for me if I was being built up. So it was one of those, it was like, no problem. You'd go out and you do business. And uh, that was in Nashville, I believe Nashville or uh, Knoxville. I know it was in Tennessee. And, uh, he kicked out a shell shock and then uh, tried to pick him back up to, to load him up again. And uh, he shoved me off and uh, or just, I think, or pushed off and then gave me the old knockout punch. I was wearing a black singlet, I believe. A pretty good memory on all that. So, Old school WCW fan, 40 recently got into wrestling again, historically just discovered Ryback. Legit cool guy. Thank you very much, TWB Photos. We're going to scroll down here. Thank you guys for the well wishes with Sophie. This live show, we go live, and you get to get hear the phone call of Sophie going under here shortly. And uh, I'm looking forward. I'm going to be a little, I'm going to be very relieved when they call back and say that she's recovering, everything is fine, and I will uh, I will be much more relaxed when I get that phone call. Uh, Lego Duplo asks, how do you feel being part of Nexus? Thank you very much for the, for the question. Uh, man, I just talked to Heath on Instagram the other day, and uh, it's on my Instagram page, our live conversation. He popped in my live out of nowhere. I haven't talked to him in some time outside of text and some voice messages. And, uh, man, I loved being a part of Nexus. Where did that Randy Orton question come I'm looking at that there, but it, it was, I'm so grateful for that experience. We're so close with all the guys. So nothing but love for the Nexus. And it was, it was such, it was, it, 
ended horribly for me with the ankle injury and it started, but it was also the, the moment that was responsible for me being able to come back as myself as Ryback. So what did I uh, decide deceive modules module nine ask, what is your opinion about Randy Orton? Uh, I love Randy, man. Randy was always, uh, always really cool with me and uh, I got to work with him on different occasions. Um, Austin Aries, uh, the November date for bio accelerator has been filled. Shit. The, I was trying to get in there in November. Um, they're going to let me know when they can get me in. <clears throat> I got to wrestle with Randy. I think we did a triple threat with me, him and Roman. I don't think we did a lot together other than that. Um, we tagged in the UK on main events with Ry Baxel versus, uh, and Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns and the shield. It was Roman versus Randy, that whole tour, and Randy got hurt, I guess, and they needed us, uh, which I had two torn groin muscles, by the way. I had surgery shortly thereafter. I was really, really screwed up. That my, I, working. That was the one time I worked hurt for a long time after I, I tore one groin and then I tore the other. It's right on your low abs, right above your delio. Not, not a pleasant experience at all, at all. When it first happened, my balls swelled up to the size of a grapefruit. Like, it was no joke. I remember being in the hotel room, just being in, like, what am I going to do? And just wrestling four or five nights every week. You just keep going. Uh, but once I tore the other one, it was on, I was on borrowed time. I, I couldn't. I was wearing the compression shorts. So if you go back and look at my career when I wore the compression shorts, I wore those during the period that I was hurt. And I think I wore them shortly. I wore them thereafter for a bit. And then finally I stopped wearing them after I finally, I think, started feeling really good again. But uh, Randy was always, I love Randy. Randy has great psychology. Randy, you know, uh, has respect for the business. And I think that young guys would do themselves a huge favor that listening to his philosophies, and not saying you got to listen to everything, but the guy's had a lengthy career and he's worked through a lot of bad injuries early on and learned how to stay healthy. And there's a time and a place to do certain things. And the, the name of the game in wrestling is, is you want to go out and you want things to make sense. You want to, you want to, but you want to be able to the end guys, you want to be able to walk away from this and be okay. Like you don't want to walk away from this and be bad. I'm telling you, I know firsthand and I've been blessed enough to get my health back. When you're done with your career, you want to be able to enjoy, you want to be able to go to signings, enjoy it, not be crippled over in pain or in a wheelchair. You know, while you just got to, and injuries are going to happen. It's part of the game. And a lot of that de deals with the old WWE schedule, which I think we're getting away from here in current times. And I think things are going to go to one day a week, like AEW is doing. And I'm going to talk about something Jim Ross just recently said that I disagree with. And I like Jim a lot. Um, but I like Randy. Randy Randy's great. The uh, Jim Ross, and I'll get to some of these questions here. Jim Ross made a comment on Twitter about Wardlow. I saw did an appearance for his hometown promotion and got a, a massive reaction. And Jim had just made a comment um, saying you can't um, improve or sharpen the tools just working one day a week as a wrestler. And I wholeheartedly disagree with that. I actually think you will be a better wrestler if you have the right attitude and approach to training and working. And what I mean by that is, and Jim speaks from, and, and again, here's, he's a Vince McMahon guy and was around that and that old school where guys would work a lot. 
Well, the reason why guys worked a lot, though, it goes back, was because they didn't get paid enough to work one day a week. They had to go out and hustle and kill themselves for low pay, which is why the wrestling industry, it's not the greatest on things, okay? So, guys, that's where that started. Now, are you going to possibly get better the more you do something? Absolutely. But you look at fighters in the UFC. Fighters don't fight 300 days a year or 200 days a year. They fight once, twice, maybe three times a year. What they do, though, is they train when they get ready. They take downtime when they need it. And there's there's something to training, like with football, and Jim would understand this, um, you don't train at game speed all the time. You, you do walkthroughs. Mental. Mental is is so important. And, and, I, and I think that if you have the right approach to pro wrestling, that say you know you're wrestling one day a week, and during the week, though, you're training, you're doing your conditioning, you're staying in shape so physically – Physically, your conditioning is there, right? Because that's very important. That's a huge part of it. It's the biggest reason for my success and how I've been able to distinguish myself as a 290, 300-pound guy, being able to go for any amount of time they need me to go and have high energy beginning to end and to be able to recover and do the power moves beginning to end. But if you have the right approach mentally, you're still keeping your head in the game. You're thinking about wrestling when you can, thinking about your matchup, knowing what you're doing. You will actually be better because you will feel better. Whereas when you wrestle every single night, you get so injured, you have to alter the way that you work. And then, which is good in a way, in learning to work smarter and safer. But you also are working hurt all the time. So there's a lot of things you can't do all the time because you're hurt. So I think we will get the best wrestling product with guys working one day a week. I don't agree with that. You need to work every single night. Now, Will you get experience in working in front of a crowd? Especially now, let's let's go ahead and clarify this too. <clears throat> Is Jim entirely wrong on this? No. If you're dealing with a young talent, maybe I think once you get to a certain point and you have the experience level, I think, in, or you understand what you need to do to improve and you understand crowd reactions. I think then the one day a week is fine. Now, do I think four or five is the ideal thing for a young guy? No, but you know, getting a couple matches a week, maybe three here and there. Okay, I understand it if you're trying to under, get them to learn uh, the psychology and working in a crowd. But again, I do think if you just – if you have the right mindset and approach this mentally the right way, I think you could save your body and actually be a better wrestler one day a week. Did I like being slammed by the, the commentator's desk when the Shield debuted? Um <laughs> Uh, the, the power bomb was my, yeah, the triple power bomb. Cause I was power bombing guys left and right, which I've talked about in the past, which they, people, that's where the whole Ryback invented thing came from. I don't think people can, I was, I was in the main event at that time. The shield were debuting for people to question that. They don't think I'm going to have a say of what move I'm going to take to help make these three new guys kind of baffles me. <laughs> um, but I was power bombing guys left and right, and we needed to put me down, and we needed something devastating. There were three of them. They wanted a move that all three of them could do, and I said, "What about a triple power bomb?" It was just a suggestion, and then we ended up doing it, and it ended up becoming what they were known for. And and I didn't invent anything. The move already existed. It was just you brainstorm when you're looking for ideas. Got to do it all the time. That just so happened to be how that came about. Um, and getting slammed on those, everything was fine. I never, I, nobody ever hurt me other than me, uh, sadly. <laughs> Let's see here if we have any, would you ever have a McRib challenge? Uh, I did a video on Ryback TV with those and they were not great guys. 
they were not great. The uh, I actually though, hold on. Miz made a meta. Did you think that was the right call? Do you think he really deserves that? Absolutely, he did. And you know, Miz guys, Miz is such a great human being. Early on, coming up from tough enough with him, can he? It, since he's settled down with Maurice and had his kids, but even then, I knew the real Miz outside of when he would turn it up for for that. And I'll be the first he, at times when we were out drinking, could Miz get a little annoying? And not even in a bad way. It's just him being Miz. Um, sometimes I would get a little aggravated because we we had a friendly competition over things. And my first year in wrestling, I but the progress wasn't there from a, where it was early on when Miz saw me on Tough Enough. And then because I kind of got billed, Amat got in my head, and uh, it, it was it was a rough first year for me. But Miz it got per he goes, what happened to you? Where's this guy that picked this up really quick? Blah, blah, blah. And like we we had some moments early on in a good way, and of all to like be better way. But I've always been motivated by Miz because you look at the Miz, he's a guy, he's not the biggest, he's not the strongest, he's not the fastest, but he's consistent and he works so damn hard. You have no you have to have respect for that. The guy shows up, he's he's hardly ever, I'm sure he's worked through plenty of injuries, but he's never missed time really for anything. And I thought, in, in I think as a heel, he's so great at that role uh, because he's good at getting under people's skin. And that's pro wrestling. And I don't, and I, I man, I have nothing but love and respect for The Miz. And I, I always loved working him. So easy and fun to work with. I had a great match with him in Japan as a heel, I think. And I remember just, I remember it was the, cause we, I think we wrestled two or three nights there and I was with him on, on the second night, I believe. And the, we had great chemistry and it was so cool to come up together and to finally be up on the big stage. And we had both are over at that point in our respective ways. He's uh top notch, man. Fans should have nothing but respect for the guy. It, the, if you knew him, you, you, you would get it. I've seen the guy. He, he just, consistent consistently just awesome so what 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 can you what, what's not to respect or like about that he doesn't have to be your favorite but he uh man he he's such a valuable part of the wwe uh good question since the majority of guys in uh, aew are heels if you went there would you want to be babyface you know ideally having a business yes guys I think the reaction is going to be babyface for sure. Again, a lot of that depends on the scenario and how you come in as well. There's a lot that would need to be uh, discussed on that end. I prefer being babyface. Being heel is really, really fun. Uh, unfortunately, having a brand and a business, though, um, where I think two people get to know me on a personal level, where I think the love is there, the hate is so small. I think there's there's a conflict of interest with my personal things that I'm doing branding wise and then playing a heel on TV. Now, what I I'm not against anything. I think I am the most valuable to a company in the babyface role, um, especially if done right, especially moving forward, being able to be me and having the connection I'm making with people now on a more personal level. Uh, but that's my opinion. You know, when you go to another company, you know, it's not your company. You you have to talk and communicate about things. And I think that's an important discussion to have. Um, and then you, you see what can be done. Whenever you whenever you go to work with someone, it has to be a good, a good, uh, a good thing for both parties. 
and two with my my head and my mindset and it's it's always been it's always been on the right right side of things it's always been professional and uh I, I always I talked about this with Austin Aries yesterday. The thing that scares me the most sometimes with wrestling, though, is a lot of people involved in wrestling read dirt sheets and believe them. And management, too. That scares me. That scares me a little bit. So that's something I think that people need to know you on a personal level to know that, like, man, this guy really isn't like anything what some of these things are trying to say, <clears throat> which luckily the right people there know. And I'm not worried about it on that end. But it's... um Branding wise, I think Babyface is the the right play, but I think Babyface with 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 an attitude, pissed off. I think real life stuff, right? I think that is where I draw the most money. And to the cool thing, guys, and I know this, and I say this very humbly, and from my DMs and the fan mail I get in comments is, a lot of people don't understand. There's, I don't think they understand, and this is what's happening on my Ryback TV on YouTube. I was a lot of kids' favorite wrestler, a lot. I was that John Cena role of the kids and families. And now, granted, it didn't get to last forever, but there I made a strong impression, luckily, with a large group of people that aren't necessarily watching wrestling anymore, and they're now in their teenagers, and they're finding me on YouTube, and they're, you were my favorite wrestler. What happened to you? I don't even watch anymore. There's going to be a very valuable opportunity to revisit that in their teenage years and bring in that new audience that walked away doing the right thing. My opinion, but I see it in where I go, it's there still. And it's there at a really, really high level, which me, them finding me on social media is a very powerful thing. And I've had to hire outside help because WWE, when I did not sign over social media in 2016, they suppressed accounts. And they have Vince has connections with all the social media companies. They did it to YouTube once I took off on there and they saw that I went on there. They suppressed that uh, around December, January this year. I just recently figured it out with this other company, what's going on. And if you look at my Ryback TV, my videos are starting to be seen again. So we're on the track again to get to a million. If not, I want way over that. And because there's an endless amount of people in this world. I mean, there's not an endless. There's... Clearly, there's a there's a hard number on that in the in seven eight billion, but uh, there's a massive world out there far greater than the wrestling bubble. But where I can attract the people that used to like me, that remember me from my main event years and from my other years in WWE, that liked me and understand what happened or didn't understand what happened, and they're finding me again, and we're going to be able to bring them back in, I believe, if we do it right. So there's going to be a valuable opportunity here in the very near future. I love the Shield, guys. I think the Shield are all great talent. I was always, I never had a problem doing business with them. And uh, they all had great attitudes uh, with everything. Now, I don't think the booking was great. I had no problem making them when I was red hot. As far as losing pay-per-view after pay-per-view, uh, I thought, though, we were going to, I didn't, I was very optimistic and positive that that TLC uh, with the ladder match that I thought there was going to be a shot that we were going to, we were going to make the situation right. We needed a payoff with it. I needed to overcome that adversity and we never got to do that from a character standpoint with Ryback and that hurt. But I will say as much as we, I think we lost seven pay-per-views in a row while I was red hot, 
Um, and when I turned on Cena, I was as over as I'd ever been. And we there was another missed opportunity to win the championship as a heel there, uh, which would have that would have made the babyface situation make sense. That I couldn't get the job done as a babyface doing the right thing, so I turned to the dark side to finally get what I want. That would have cemented me as the main eventer from holding that WWE championship that we never got to see, um, that a lot of people wanted to see. And, and you know, does it suck? Yeah, but it, it's all just rolls at the end of the day. And you can't take anything too personal at the end. And I know that it doesn't affect me as a human being and what I'm capable of because I know why it happened. And it was, and again, when everything happens for your favor and benefit and you don't stop and you keep working, that moment's going to come back at a much higher level, I promise you. And it will all have been worth it. So I can't, you can't get too caught up on it. But the Shield guys were, man, they're all talented. They're, they're such a major part of the wrestling business right now. So at the end of the day, I'm glad that putting them over amounted to something because there's so many times in wrestling where you put a guy over and the company doesn't do anything with. And that's the most, that's frustrating because most guys don't have a problem putting guys over. It's when they start paying you less. Maybe you don't get booked as on as many pay-per-views and they start treating you differently, overplaying roles. And you're like, what? Why? I'm literally like, I do what you guys are asking me to do. Like this, it, it, it's scripted entertainment. This doesn't mean I'm any less of valuable as of an athlete or performer. I'm just playing a different role tonight. Like, so that's the one thing. And, and this isn't AEW, this is WWE, how they, how they handle it. And, and that's the part a lot of guys get discouraged with. And that's where attitudes come from with people. It's not because of putting somebody over. It's all the other BS that comes with it that shouldn't be part of the business. So, and that's my opinion, but that's firsthand living, living the life opinion right there. Eric Young, great guy. I'd like to get him, definitely have a conversation with him. I think he's, uh, I think definitely the right choice for him as well. Uh, whenever you come back, are you going to look the same or are you going to wear a different ring attire? I'm going to pop that up there. Let me see if we can get that up. No. I don't know why some of the comments here. The question was, though, if I'm, am I going to wear a different ring attire? And I'm the singlet. That's me. That's the look. That's that's where I'm the most confident, and that's what, I, that's what people remember me the most in. Um, I'm not a fan. You guys got to remember, too. There's a difference between having your value run down and, and needing to rebrand yourself and, and come back with a different identity. And then there's a guy that walks away at a high level that has everything, that nothing was ever broken. It's a And I've changed my character throughout the years. I know when something's broken, when something's not broken. So there's nothing broken about the big guy Ryback. It's now coming back with more of an attitude than ever, overcoming this adversity of the company that I gave everything for turning their back on me and, and me walking away injured and, and paying for everything to get my health back and overcoming a five disc fusion and shoulder replacement. 16 stem cell procedures with 17, 18 and 19 coming up in Columbia bio accelerator, which I'm so grateful and thankful for that company. Cause that was the ones that really let me know I was going to be able to come back last year when I went down with Kevin Nash. <laughs> so I think we're going to, I think coming back and people and we're going to get get that footage of going down there and people seeing what really has happened and you know everything with Sophie you know and the two with people 
you know, the one thing that I think really bothers me the most is when I see people saying, Ryback sucks, nobody wants him. He has a bad attitude. It couldn't be any further from the truth. That not understanding what has happened with building my brand and my dog, Sophie, with the eight ruptures and me stopping all appearances and losing all wrestling income two years and over two and a half years ago, two years and seven months, I think we're at now. And doing it for the love of and letting the ego go and realizing that love and happiness are the most important things in life. And it couldn't be any further from the truth. And it, it, it sucks when you see people that hate for that reason, but you don't let it stop you. You're just like, man, that person really doesn't understand or know you. And that what you're doing and what you're going through to overcome and the sacrifices you make to keep your little dog alive and to be there for at all the time that needs constant care. You know, how off are those people about that person? How little effort have they taken to want to know that person? They just want to be angry and hate. So that's really. And I let that I let that be fuel for the fire. Like the fire is already burning. I know what I'm doing. I, it's just a fuel enhancer. You know, it's it, it maybe it's just a little bit of lighter fluid on the fuel. Just it makes the fire burn a little harder in the positive direction because you're like, man, these people they don't man they're really messed up. They don't know. You know. So I think there's going to be a really really cool opportunity though with that. But the singlet is is what I am wearing, and I got some new ones already done just for when that moment comes. Thank you guys for the Sophie. I will keep you guys all updated on Sophie as well. And I'm going to leave you guys with this day because we're going to keep these day live shows to around an hour. But um, I've talked about this and life is overcoming all about overcoming adversity. We're born and we die, right? And in between that, there, there's good things. There can be great things. And then there's a, there's negative, bad things that happen. And the longer we live, the more negative and bad things or the more good things, too, we're going to experience. And it's up to us to shift out of these bad moments as quickly as possible. We're never going to understand why certain things happen. Um, but I really believe, and the older I get, of trying to let love and empathy trying to keep the mindset of rather than hating people, rather than being angry at people, why let's just try to have love for people. Let's try to let our ego go. Let's try to help one another. Let's empower each other. Let's not take things so personal. Let's try to let love overcome hate because we live in a world where there's the hate and the negativity are so strong. And they're being, they're being force-fed down everybody's throats, where humans are getting angrier and angrier with humans uh, on a daily basis. And we're looking for things to be angry about. But at the end of the day, and like you know, something like this happens with my little dog, Sophie. And I just realize, I go, nothing else fucking matters. Man. Like, I just want to make sure she's okay. And I think it just puts things into perspective. And then, you know... And you see things, and I put things out where I post about my dog, and I'll see somebody leaves a really, really bad comment. You know, I just feel 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 sorry for them, and I'm just like, it's not me, that's them. You know, and I just, and it is what it is. But it you gotta, no matter what our situation, we gotta find a way to overcome. We gotta keep moving. If we sit still, if we just sit and in, and in, in brew in our own thoughts and let the negative overwhelm us, we're not going to do anything. But if we try to have love in our hearts and we try to keep that we, that that mindset of 
man, it's such a better feeling when we empower other people. It's such a better feeling when we make other people feel good. I feel so much better when I help people rather than when I talk down to people or when I'm rude to people. And I think it, we're all living in the same game right now of social media and, 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 and looking for things that we're unhappy about and angry about. And I, it, it's, it's all about overcoming adversity. And it's just, I think it's a lot easier though when we accept love and happiness and try to try to just keep that in our hearts and our minds as much as possible with that. So guys, that's what I'm going to leave you with today. I look forward to talking with you tomorrow. This podcast, I'll get this up. This will be up every every uh, day also on all podcast platforms here. I'll send it through. And uh, as always, we'll be live on Facebook at Ryback TV on YouTube and Twitch at Ryback Rules. Thank you guys very much for the love and support. I'll keep you updated on Sophie. You've just listened to the Ryback Show. Feed me more. <laughs>